Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything to do with the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Cowie, with me is the one and only Nora Germain. I'm a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and she's the greatest violin player on this podcast. We're both podcasters and you're going to hear us chat to many different people but more often than not it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within arguably the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free. Each and every week on scottcowie.com, on Stitcher Radio, on iTunes, on everywhere you get them podcasts. Just Google it. And please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell the in-laws, tell the outlaws, let them know what's going on over here. But for now, enjoy the podcast. And if you notice at the start of that little intro there, I usually say my name and I turn it over to Nora, but right now, without a word of a lie, Nora is on the other line, and she is eating an... What is it called, Nora? Mm, it's called egg in a hole. Egg in a hole. There you okay. go. Okay, what you do is you make a piece of toast. Well, you just get a piece of toast. Just a, just a piece of bread. Okay. Then you put it in a pan. You put a hole in the middle. Then you crack an egg in the hole, which is in the pan, okay? So now you've got a piece of toast with a hole in it, in the middle, in the pan, and then you cook it, and boom, your eggs and your toast are one. They've become one. Thanks for that, Nora, and hopefully you guys are still with us and you've not tuned out. Uh, We're not a cooking podcast. Well, we kind of are today, but anyway, with me, of course, is Nora Germain, and guest this week in the podcast is Chaz Hodges. Chaz from Chaz and Dave. The 22nd of October, the guys will be playing at the ABC in Glasgow. They've got a massive UK tour coming up, and these guys are legends. Chaz and Dave, one of my favourite acts of all time, and that is not a word of a lie. But we're not going to mess about, actually. We're going to cut straight to the interview. But let me tell you one piece of information that Nora and I are going to speak about when we come back after the interview. Nora Francesca Germain this week has uploaded, well, Postmodern Jukebox have uploaded their new video and Nora is heavily featured on it. How cool is that? Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox, they've taken the internet by storm by releasing, uh, I suppose you could say, jazz swing versions of contemporary popular music tunes right and Nora steals the show in the new video and we're going to hear all about it she's stuffing her face at the moment but when we come back after speaking to Chaz we're going to tell you all about it but right now Chaz Hodges here we go boom okay I am back on the talk music podcast and I'm joined now by the legendary Chaz Chaz how are you sir yeah I'm fine I'm fine Scott on the 22nd of October, the ABC in Glasgow, uh, Chaz and Dave once again will be back. What has it been like? What has the, the Scottish audiences been like with Chaz and Dave over the years? Well, I'll tell you what, to be honest, they were, <clears throat> when, we first, <clears throat> when we first started, they were better than London audiences. They, they saw what we were up to before they did down south. They saw that we were genuine and that we were we were getting out there and just just performing real music, 
before before they did in in the south, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, they're fantastic audiences. And of course, we can't wait to see it once again. It's the 22nd of October. Now, uh, following on from that, I've got an email in from a super fan, Chick Foley, who's asking, in uh, regards to the fan base, how do you feel that the audience has changed over the years? And does it surprise you that so many young people are showing up to the gigs and being so receptive to the music, Chaz? Well, I think um, the older we get, um, I mean, we've always had a good stage show, but we're, we're you know, we're, we're fit and we're playing good and we're playing better and better each show we do. Like, I get tweets saying, you know, I've seen you like 10 times and each time I've seen you, you're getting better. So the stage act is great and um, it's sort of gone a full circle. This is this is a sort of real um, just get out there and do it act that we did when we first got together. And there's not many of them out there doing it. There's a lot of people our age doing it, but you can see it on their faces. They're just going through the, just going through the the rigmarole and not really enjoying it. They're just going through it, and that that ain't the case with us. We really enjoy our gigs more and more, so we wouldn't be doing it. And I think the young people are seeing that, and they're going, "Hey, you've got to go and see." You know, they come to see us. They're up on their feet dancing at the end of the show. Uh, and throughout the show, and uh, they're saying to their mates, hey, you, you know, you've got to go and see Chaz and Dave, and that's what's happening. It's, like, it's snowballing, and it's lovely to, to, to think that. I mean, it's often said to us, uh, um, you know, did you think you'd be, when, when you first got together, you'd still be going when you're in your 70s? Well, most definitely, yes. But I didn't think we would be at our best in our 70s, so that's a big, big bonus that we're out there doing it and we're enjoying it and we're, we're you know, we're better than we've ever been. You mentioned there when you guys first started, you had quite a career prior to Chaz and Dave. I've got to ask you this, in 1958, I think, was the year that you first seen Jerry Lee Lewis. Tell us about right, that. yeah. Tell us about that time, your first impression of the man, that the legend, the myth, Jerry Lee Lewis. Well, that changed my life. It really did change my life. I was a, I was a guitar player in a skiffle group, I was 13, and my mum, she was a great piano player, and she brought us up playing the piano because my dad died when, when I was really young, so weren't a lot of money about. Um, she dearly wanted me to learn the piano. I wasn't mad on it until I saw Jerry Lee Lewis, and it really changed my life. I was just thinking about it. I remember my a couple of weeks, some a couple of weeks later, someone saying, what's the best show you've ever seen? And I was half thinking, my brother said, you wouldn't stop talking about Jerry Lee Lewis. He said, you just got on my nerves. You was every minute of the day. And I didn't realise that. And, uh, yeah, it was great when I actually uh, got in a band with him in 1963 and toured with him and got to know him. But, uh, yeah, seeing him first in 1958, I'd never seen piano player like that ever. And uh, that just really changed my life. So I'm I'm kind of fascinated about the whole Jerry Lee thing. Um, how did that come about? You going from uh, being a spectator at his gig to joining the touring band, if you like. How did that come to fruition, Chaz? What to join the join the, the Jerry Lee Lewis's? Yeah. Uh, well, I was in a band called the Outlaws in 1962, 63, uh, and we were quite a good band, you know, in our own right. Uh, Richie Blackmore was the lead guitar player, and. Uh, one of us saw an advert in the Melody Maker that um, there was a tour starting and Gene Vincent wanted a backing band. Anyway, we auditioned for Don Arden and that, that was uh, Sharon Osborne's dad. 
and he was an agent, and uh, he liked us, and he said, yeah, okay, you're on the tour, but he said, do you want to back Jerry Lee Lewis or Gene Vincent? Well, there was no question, you know, back Jerry Lee Lewis, but Gene Vincent was a close second. We went on the road with Gene when Jerry Lee went home, so... So yeah, I was I was in playing my favourite music, rock and roll, at a very early age. Amazing. So I didn't know that. So it was Richie Blackmore in the touring band with Jerry Lee as well as yourself? Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. See, he's a legend, of course, in his own right as well. What tell us about uh, your relationship with Richie Blackmore? How you met him and how that came about? Because I've I, from what I've seen in interviews, you've not got a chance to touch on that. Well, um, in the very early days when I was with the Outlaws, 61, we started. Uh, one of the most unsung heroes of the rock, British rock and roll scene was Screaming Lord Such. Mm-hmm. He had a band to be reckoned with. And when we were on the road, if we came across him, I mean, he was great, Such. And uh, they, he really had a wild rock and roll band. And anybody who went through his band came out a different man. They were They were just sort of, <laughs> he put the wildness into him, and Richie Blackmore was was one of them. And we saw Richie playing with Such, and uh, we were doing all right money wise at the time. And uh, we went and poached him off of Screaming Old Such. It's as simple as that. We said we're doing all right, you know. Do you wanna do you wanna come and join us? And he came down and auditioned, and uh, he joined us. That's how we got hold of him. Amazing, he's he's an astonishing player as well. There's been so many over the years. Um, I could go on all day and just actually throw names at you. One of the ones that I was going to ask you about was was Clapton. Um, when did you first meet Clapton? Was this around about this period as well, Chaz? Well, I met Eric Clapton before that in the early in the mid sixties. I was in a band called Cliff Bennett and the Rebel Rousers playing the bass guitar for, them. and uh, we were quite a band to be reckoned with. Then we toured with the Beatles, among other things. And uh, it was often billed on the same bill as Eric Clapton. And I just got to know him, and he liked what I did, and I liked what he did. And then when me and Dave got together, um, he asked for us to be on his tour, to support us, uh, support him on his tour. So we really got to know him then. Yeah, we've sort of ended up, you know, remaining good friends. It's astonishing all the great guitar players from that from that period of time. Um, what, about, what about Jeff Beck? Did you have you ever encountered? Have you ever jammed with him? Did you ever? Yeah, Jeff Beck in the early days. I mean, there was a uh, there was a rumor that well that he nearly joined the Outlaws. Uh, someone told us after that he wanted to join the Outlaws. Well, I'm going back to the early sixties. Well, we but we we would have we would have got him. So I don't know what happened there, but it was after the event. But yeah, I've got to know. Jeff pretty well, and uh, yeah, he's another amazing guitar player that is uh, he's so unique, and he and he's always learning, he's always doing something. I love like like I I do, like me and Dave do. We we go out and do our hits, but there's always something else that we'll put across that uh, another new song or another li- a little slant, a little addition, just to just to keep you keep the act going, keep the spark in the music. And there's always got to be something new there. Yeah, because from what I've heard, you're still practicing quite a lot. Are you still playing the piano every day? You know, as as far as do you, do you have a certain amount of time that you'll say, right, I'll dedicate this certain amount of hours towards playing the piano, or do you just do it instinctively when you've got a tune in your head? Yeah, I do it. I do it all the time. I mean, right now, um, on this this, uh, I, I play all the time. As I come downstairs, the piano lid's open, 
And more often than not, I'll play the piano before I do anything else, or before I have a cup of tea or whatever. I'm just drawn to it. I'm just drawn to it. And uh, once I sit down, the only thing is, is if I sit down at the piano, I've got to look at me watch to think, have I got to go out in a half an hour? Because once I sit down, I'm there for, for like half an hour, three quarters of an hour without realising it. Time just flies. But, uh, yeah, I'm playing the, the, the piano consistently. And um, I'm just doing a, a tune at the minute. Um, Jules Holland has nominated me for a, a Blues and Boogie Awards that I'm going to on this Friday. So I'm going to be playing a Boogie Woogie rock and roll tune. And, uh, yeah, with any luck, I'll get chosen. I'll get put up. Uh, he's put me up for this award. So I'll see what happens on uh, Friday. Great stuff. Now, you mentioned earlier that a lot of um, acts and bands your age, that you feel as if they're, they're going through the motions. Has there been any younger bands that you've, um, you know, that's caught your attention where you thought, you know what, they're really going to be something or you just generally really like their music? Is there, is there anyone that springs to mind? Well, there's got to be the other thing. The worst of it is, Scott, is that you don't get to see them, really. Um, sometimes we might do a, go to a festival and there'll be, there'll be some, I mean, there was a, um, a younger band, like a bluegrass band from 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 the out from up in, uh, I think they was from Orkney, and uh, called the Chair. Right. Uh, they're like bluegrass, some bluegrassy sort of uh, uh, Scottish Highland music, and they were great. And uh, so that, that's the latest one I've seen. But I just managed to see them on a on a, a festival about uh, about a month ago. So, you know, that's the only time you see them, really. I'm sort of sitting in my dressing room thinking, that sounds good, who are them? They come off and I introduce myself and then it turns out that they were big fans of Chaz and Dave anyway. So we sat there having a cup of tea and uh, a chat and, uh, yeah, went home playing their CD in the car. <laughs> Amazing. Out of everybody you've met over the years that you've found out either directly from them or through the grapevine, so to speak, that they're a fan of, of Chaz and Dave, was there anyone that really blew you away? You just you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, that, that is amazing that they're they're a fan of our work. Um is there is there anyone that, that, that springs to mind? Well, I mean there's been a lot. I mean, from Jerry Lee Lewis to Paul McCartney and George Harrison, you know, all, all those. Over the years, sometimes uh, in the early years, uh, some people sort of who didn't really know viewed us as a as a bit of a novelty, and it has been said to us, did that you know did that sort of annoy you or whatever? Well, it, it didn't because if the uh, people that I admired, if they didn't like us, then that then that would worry me. But um, yeah, over the years, I mean. All the people that I've admired have, have ended up being Chaz and Dave fans. So, you know, m what more can you wish for? Exactly. Uh, you mentioned the Beatles there. I've been uh, lots of emails flying in over the last couple of days asking me to ask you uh, about the fourth Beatles story. The Beatles story? Well, the, the main one, apart from uh, when I was with Cliff Bennett, we supported them on their very last European tour in Germany. And that's, that's when... Uh, uh, Paul McCartney came back to England and uh, on their latest album was Got to Get You Into My Life and he produced it for us and that was a hit, well, 50 years ago. But uh, yeah, the Beatles story, perhaps the one you're talking about is uh, when Eric Clapton got married, I think it was 1981, mm -hmm. 
1982, and he invited us, invited everybody to his house, and he had a marquee, and uh, he had a stage set up in case anybody wanted to play. And um, there were some little kids banging away on the drums and sort of messing about on the stage, and one of them recognised me. He went, oh, you're Chaz, isn't you? One of the kids of one of the celebrities. He said, you do Gertrude, don't you? Come and play Gertrude. So I just jumped on the piano and played Gertrude for him. And he was banging away on the drums. He said, play another one. And I played a bit of rock and roll. I had my head down. The next minute I looked up and I'd known him because I'd done a couple of sessions for him. Ringo was on the drums. He jumped on the drum, gave me a big smile. So I carried on playing. Next minute I looked up, Paul was plugging his bass in. And the next, George was plugging his guitar in. So we ended up, and I'm playing away there, rock and rolling. And I, I shouted to Paul, do get back. Jojo was a man who thought he was a woman. And he looked at me and done it. And uh, I looked up and I thought, yeah, I'm the fourth Beatle here. There was George. It was after uh, poor John had died, about 1981. So I thought, well, this is nice. And... Um, my wife, Joan, got friendly with uh, Ringo's wife and she was taking photos and she said to Joan, I'll let you have copies of them. Well, at, but at the end of the evening, she came over and she said, oh, I've been told I mustn't let these photos out of my grasp. Um, so those photos are uh, floating around somewhere. So one day they'll come out, I think. Oh, that'd be great. That's a, that'd be a priceless photo, no doubt. Yeah. It'd be really, really cool. Oh, it's mind-boggling, the fact that you're shouting get back at Paul and you're jamming away, Ringo on the kit. It's just it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, I think you mentioned earlier Jimmy Page. Now, Chaz and Dave supported Led Zeppelin in 1979. Uh, what was that experience like, um, supporting Zeppelin at, at their peak, really? Well, I mean, I knew Jimmy Page before he was with Led Zeppelin when we used to be like played down the pub in, in Edmonton. And so... I just, you know, he was just another band to me. And I was thinking, oh, well done, Jim. And, you know, I, got, I know him pretty well. I don't, even, I don't think we saw, I just remember there being a lot of people there. And uh, and we went down good. Uh, we did two weeks there. I can't remember seeing, um, I think we had, to, we had to buzz off somewhere to do a TV show. So we didn't actually see Led Zeppelin. But, uh, yeah, it was an occasion. There was a lot of people there. What was he like back in the day when he was, because there's all sorts of stories, even when he was 16, he was obviously one of the top session players in London, from what I gather. Uh, what was oh, it Jimmy like? Page. Yeah, yeah. What was it like? He, yeah, I, I was doing sessions along with him at the time, uh, with Big Jim Sullivan, who was like, uh, he was older than us, and he was a great guitar player. But yeah, it was a great period, you know, we were all still learning, with we, youngsters, I mean, me and Jim about the same age. So, yeah, we we were all coming through and meeting each other and what we're going to do next. And he went his way and I went mine. And, uh, you know, no, it was a great period of, of uh, good rock and roll when it came out. Nobody knew what it was, how to do it, really. I mean, it was still new in America, let alone Britain. So uh, we were still learning. Electric guitar was a brand new instrument as far as we were concerned. Nobody had one when I when I started playing. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Now, um, last question for you. Out of all, you've worked with so many people over the years. You've you've listed the majority of them, uh, even in this interview alone. Is there anybody or any band or any one person that you would like to work with, either in a live situation or recording, that you haven't had a chance to work with thus far? 
Well, the one that always springs to mind is I've done one or two things with Paul McCartney, but I think we could do a great album together. Uh, I'd love to do an actual album with him, with Paul McCartney. I think uh, we're, we're really really on on a par with, with our taste in music, and I, I love the sort of melodies he comes up with. I think we would produce a great album together, so perhaps that'll happen uh, one day. Well, you never. If if I get to the stage one day where I'm I'm interviewing the man himself, I'm going to put that to him, Chaz. I promise you that. Yeah, I know. Every time I get an album out, we get an album out. I send it to him, and he always responds uh, with his thoughts about it, which I'd always say I'll keep to myself, but I respect his, uh, you know, his opinion. So yeah. Wow. We don't see a lot of each other, but we we keep in touch. But yeah, if you speak to him, we tell him that I fancy doing an album with him. Absolutely. Chaz, it's been an absolute pleasure. The 22nd of October, of course, the whole UK tour coming up. Uh, check out all the dates online. The 22nd of October, once again, is the Glasgow date. The ABC, still some tickets left. Get along and see the legendary Chaz and Dave. Chaz, I really appreciate you joining me today on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. And uh, I'll look forward to the gig myself. All right, Scott. Nice to talk to you, mate. That was a fantastic interview there. Yeah. Norris still eating, by the way, everyone. Thanks to Chaz, by the way, for being on the podcast. Norris Nor exited the building. She's gone, and we're going to continue rolling. Usually I would stop and I would be professional, but I'm going to out Nora as being the unprofessional one in this podcast because I'm trying to keep the show going, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to be the pro here, and Nora is just messing about and not taking it seriously, but just as well one of us is professional. Anyway, fantastic interviews from Chaz. <laughs> by the wonderful Chaz. Thank you, Chaz. It was most informative, interesting, informative and inspiring. Excellent. Right, Nora Francesca Germain, like I said at the top of the show, you, you're in the new postmodern jukebox video. You. It's true. It's really, It's. it was a lot of fun. It's true, isn't it? You can't deny it because I'm going to put it to you on this pub, a public forum. I'm going to ask you the question, and I want you to be honest with me. Is yeah. it true that that is you on the new postmodern jukebox video on YouTube? Is that a fact? It is a fact, yes. And you know what's even more cool is that Seth MacFarlane, the creator of um, Family Guy, he's retweeted the video, so he must really like it, which is great. Seth MacFarlane is a fan of Nora Germain. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but... Seth MacFarlane, you heard it here first, is Nora's <laughs> number one fan, and it is bordering on obsession. Nora, is that a fact? Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't quite say that. He is I... obsessed with Nora Germain, and that is a world exclusive. You've heard it from Nora's mouth. There you go. But in a serious note, tell us, you got to tell us all about it, Nora. Give us the exclusive, because you've not been interviewed since the video, right? So... Tell me all about it. Go. The, the, the floor is yours. Okay. Well, I'll just tell you a few interesting fun facts. So we shot it at a studio in Los Angeles. Scott invited me and Sarah Reich and Casey Abrams. So it was just the four of us to a studio. So we went there. There were gummy worms at the studio. So I ate some of those before I started. So I think that the gummy were worms. What? The gummy worms. What the fuck is that? Gummy worms. 
Okay, just saying it again, it's not going to make me understand. Is it sweets? The, yeah, the little gummy, the chewy little the worms. Okay, okay. Do you guys have gummy bears? Yes, yes, we do. Okay, they're like that, but they're worms instead. Got you. Glad we cleared that up. This is a good insight. Please continue. Okay, so Americans like gummy worms, whatever. So we ate those, okay? And then um, we. Uh, it was very tricky to figure out how the violin was going to enter into the shop because we wanted the violin to be totally obscured and then to come out in the middle. So that took a while. And we made the arrangement in the studio, which was really fun. We went through it many times and Casey was forgetting the lyrics and everything was very funny. So finally, after at least an hour or longer, we finally came up with an arrangement that we liked. And um, when we ate more gummy worms. Yep. And just to be and clear here, I don't know if we said this at the top of this, right? But, of course, she said Seth MacFarlane has is, is, is tweeted it because the reason being that the postmodern jukebox, you guys covered the Family Guy theme. We did say that, didn't we? Or did we? I, I don't know. I'm losing track. I don't know if we said that. But, yeah, Seth MacFarlane is the creator of the show, which is the theme is the from his show. So, yeah. Well, you know, Seth MacFarlane also is a great jazz singer. He did a great... Uh, album that's a tribute to Frank Sinatra, which is awesome. And then he also co-created the uh, the Cosmos series with Neil deGrasse Tyson. So there is um, a lot that he has done, and I hope that he likes our new little rendition. He's a massive fan of yours. We've established <laughs> that. So anyway, we, you come up with an arrangement... What are the guys like? Because we've watched, uh, we've all watched Scott Bradley's postmodern jukebox thousands and thousands of times. The numbers are there to signify that and to highlight that because it's in the millions, millions of points. Every fucking video goes viral. Like it's off the chart, off the Richter scale. What was Scott like to work with? What was the experience like as a whole? Oh well, Scott is a uh, Scott is an amazing pianist. Obviously, he can play. He comes up with ideas right away, like any good jazz musician does. He was very nice, uh, very focused. He loves to make jokes. Um, I found him to be uh, um, very prepared. He helped us all understand what he wanted to do. He brought the charts, but... Nobody really ended up using the chart because we changed the arrangement. But Scott is a great guy. You know, he's easygoing. He's extremely talented. He knows how to work with people. Uh, Sarah is a great tap dancer. She and I had a nice time getting ready before the show. I mean, before the video, sorry. And um, she's full of energy and very funny and uh, very hardworking. And then Casey Abrams, who I've been friends with for about eight years, because uh, we went to high school together. Casey is an absolute riot. Uh, you can always see how much life is pouring out of him every time he does a video or a show. So I encourage you to follow all of these people um, because they are all really hardworking and hilarious and talented and a very productive, very productive group of people. Not just in postmodern jukebox, but in other areas as well. So there you go. 
There you go, that's a great insight, very articulate and well put by Nora Germain. We expect nothing less. That being said, this is just a hunch. I don't have an insight. I, I don't know. I really don't know. But let me say this. I reckon that it's not going to be the last time we're going to see Nora Germain with postmodern jukebox. You know, that may be. I am not sure what they have in store for me. As Scott is always, Scott Bradley is always thinking of a million things at once. He's like an idea machine. So we'll see if I'm in one of his future ideas. We will have to see about that. But I would love to play with them again if they will have me. I think they're all in. Nora, Nora put me on hold there for a little second. Are you back with me now, Nora? Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So, um, yes, I would love to play with them again if they will have me. I think they're all incredibly talented, and I just love working with them. So, no complaints here. I think you'll be playing with them because I know something. What do you know, Scott? I... What in God's name do you know? I know something. Yes. I just I know something. I I have, I have information. Uh-huh. About? I spoke to Scott Bradley today. Oh, is that right? Yes. Did you have a milkshake with him? I did not have a milkshake with him. But okay. he did tell me that he wanted you in the new song of theirs. And you think I'm kidding, but I'm not. Well, that is such a funny thing. He, he, they're going to do a metal album. A metal album. Yes. Heavy metal. Yeah, heavy metal. And they're Oh, well, that's my specialty, you know. They're going to do heavy... Of course, I'm joking, but could you play heavy metal? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. I don't know. I don't really understand that music. It's just so loud. You can, I mean... Listen, I've got a challenge for you. Next week, I want yeah. you to play uh, two heavy metal tracks. One of them being uh, Metallica Enter Sandman. I want you to do a rendition on the violin. Would that be possible, as they say in Spain? Well, I'm going to have to look it up and see if I can do a rendition of it. If I'm, I'll think about it. I will consider it. Nora, it's been an absolute pleasure. Always a pleasure, never a chore, as you say. You've plugged yes. Postmodern Jukebox. We've plugged Chaz and Dave, the up-and-coming UK tour. Is there anything that you want to promote uh, yourself, of course, we talk about the book every week. What is the latest on that? Is there any insight that you can give us regarding anything you're, uh, that you've got outside what we've spoken about today? Yes, the ebook is now finished. So the ebook, my the ebook and the physical book are going to be in the post to say, all of say you. physical again. Physical. 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 You've got a funny way of um, physical. Yes, also. In addition to that, I have a new album out, not just the other one, go for it, but I have a new album with my guitarist, Miles Jensen, and it's called The Present Moment, and I encourage you to get it everywhere as it's an album of totally unrehearsed, impromptu guitar and violin duets, so I hope that you guys will like it, and um, I, I can't wait to see what it is I concoct in my life next. Nora, always a pleasure, never a chore. Thanks to Nora, thanks to Chaz, Dave. Of course, Chaz joined us in the podcast today. Get yourself along. I've said it once, I'll say it again. 22nd of October, Glasgow ABC, if you want to see them in this neck of the woods. If you're from the UK and you want to go and see them at a place nearer to you, check it. Just 
Google them. It's absolutely everywhere. They're on Facebook. They're on Twitter. As am I. As is Nora. But the central place that you want to visit is scottcowie.com. Make that your first port of call and sign up for this podcast. Rate, review, subscribe as we said at the top there. Thanks to Nora. Thanks to everybody. And we will see you guys next week. Boom. Ta-ta! I've said boom about five times. That's becoming a cat. I'm going to bin that catchphrase. It's not even a catchphrase. I hate it. Why do I keep doing that, Nora? Um, well, it's a nice punctuation. Okay, we'll see you guys next week. Boom!